What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. If you're interested in reaching out or helping out, Feel free to email us at foundbytesgrs at gmail.com, tweet at foundbytesgrs, and also rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcast feed you're using. Also, don't be afraid to leave some comments. If you're a developer who would like to participate in our Spotlight interview series of special episodes, please reach out through any of our channels. We would love to hear from you. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Hello all you Martians out there, it's your turn fixed foot soul with a bit of that old world flavor. You're tuned to Radio Nostalgia from Mars, breathe easy, kick back, and reminisce. Take my hand, explain to me, this project called humanity. Don't let go, while on this ride, there will be. No surprise, all I know Is that we shouldn't be sad When we think of the road ahead Golf Club Wasteland is the game for this week's episode. Golf Club Wasteland is a 2D golf platformer and some comparable games. I see a lot of similarities with Curse to Golf. It's not a game that I've played but I've seen a lot of screenshots and videos. It essentially looks like a Metroidvania, except you have to golf a ball through levels, which is interesting. And also some similarities with platformers like Celeste and Super Meat Boy, where you have to kind of be patient, where you have to take your time going through like a whole screen or a whole level. Um, and if you die, you kind of reset to the beginning. The game was initially released in 2018, June of 2018 on iOS and December of that year on Android. And then finally, in September of 2021, it came to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. The game was developed by Demagogue Studio, which is a one-person studio, as far as I can see. Uh, and that person is Igor Simic, and he is Serbian, so shout out to a Serbian dev here. He's also released some other small games like Crisis Expert and Children's Play. I've never heard of them. The game was published by Untold Tales which is an indie publisher, and some games that I recognize from their website that they published, Arise, A Simple Story, and Aspire, Enos Tale, which we talked about in our Tales and Sales episode. The game also had a couple physical releases, and it took me some time to kind of track this down. There's one that was published by SoftSource, and that's pretty much only available on PlayAsia, so it's kind of like Japanese only, but it is region free, so it doesn't really matter. But there are physical editions of PS4 and Switch that are available on there. Another is from Red Art Games, and I think this is an EU release, but it's only PS4. But I did look at this release. It's kind of interesting. It also comes with a poster and a scorecard, which is actually super dope because you could kind of play the game and kind of score yourself, uh, much like if you were playing a round of golf. So uh, some physical things out there. And I've seen a lot of these, especially the Play Asia versions, for sale on Walmart's website. I don't know if that's like going to get shipped from Japan, but um, definitely look out for those if you're up for those physical editions. 
The game was released digitally at a price point of $9.99. It was bundled with Aspire Enos Tale, which I talked about on our Tales and Sales episode for $23, which is essentially just the combined price of the two of those games, but it is available in that bundle. The Play Asia versions, uh, the PS4 one is available for $23 and the Switch for $37, which is an interesting price difference, but that's what I'm seeing. And then that Red Art Games published through EU is available for about US equivalent of $24. The game time, if you're just playing it straight through, uh, and there is a story mode, and we'll talk about that, you could probably get through this in like two to three hours. But if you're playing on maybe one of the challenge modes, uh, it might take you a little more than five hours, especially if even if you beat a level, you want to go back and kind of perfect it, uh, maybe a little more so. On PlayStation platforms, this does have a platinum trophy. Me, I got this for $3 on Switch, and I got it as the bundle that also included Aspire Ina's Tale. And as I talked about in our Tales and Sales episode, I actually bought that bundle for Aspire Ina's Tale because it looked interesting, uh, at least from an art direction. But I actually wound up liking this game more, which is interesting. And I put probably about three to four hours into it. I did beat it. And I did kind of take my time and kind of play perfectionist with some of the levels. In terms of recommendation, like I said, no one really pointed this game out to me. I just kind of got it with this bundle with Aspire. Uh, and it actually turned out pretty well for me. Radio Nostalgia from Mars. Radio Nostalgia from Mars, music for the lost days of Earth. Let's talk a little gameplay. So primarily this is going to be some 2D golf platforming, but let's zoom out for a minute and just talk about the progression of the game in general. So there are 35 levels that you'll play through, and depending on what mode you're playing, uh, essentially it's going to center around trying to get the ball in the hole by par, and each level is going to have a different amount of par. Uh, it's going to start off pretty simple, like a par 3 or a par 5, but then it'll go up to like 9 or 12 or like 19, and so that just shows you like how complex some of these levels can get. Also intertwined with doing well on a certain hole is lore goals, and again, this is linked to the different modes, so if you're in like sort of the medium mode or the normal mode that I think you're going to have to get like two or three under par to get certain lore tidbits by the end of that level. But essentially, if you're playing in what I think is the normal mode, even though it's called challenge mode, you're just going to have to get the ball in the hole under par or at par. But we'll talk about the different modes later. Let's first get into the mechanics of the game. 
So essentially, when you start a hole or when you're in between shots, your character is going to locate the ball, get to the ball, and stand next to the ball. And when he's ready, you can pull back the joystick, almost like you are revving up to let go of like a pinball machine, like that first push, like you pull the thing back and then it just shoots and shoots the ball. So you can do that, but you can pull it back. So if he's facing to the right, you'll pull it back to the left and maybe down. You'll see this kind of arch trajectory show up to give you an idea of where the ball's going to go. Not so much exactly where it's going to land, but how much force the pullback you're doing is going to push it and at what angle. Again, it's not always going to be like the ball will fall exactly where it's saying. It'll take some time to get used to sort of the sensitivity or the force of the swing, but you'll find out after the first few levels, like you'll get the hang of it, but essentially you pull it back and then on console or I guess also PC, you would push a button to swing. If you're playing on mobile, essentially as soon as you release it, it'll shoot the ball. So I like this on console because like you could pull it back, but then like, you know, let go and kind of analyze it again or, or see if you maybe want to go a different route, but this will take some time getting used to and in terms of strategy and the consequence, in the first few levels, you might do a lot of line drives. Obviously, if you do a nice line drive, it'll go further to the right. But depending on what the level calls for, you might want to do a high arch. But you'll take some time getting used to sort of the momentum of the ball after each type of hit and maybe what kind of spin or forward uh, progress it's going to have. It really doesn't do a lot, which is good because in some of the later levels, you want to be very careful about placement. It's really just trial and error here. But in terms of just a basic gameplay, I think it's kind of intuitive. And you can also putt, which you'll eventually have to do when you get close to the hole. Uh, in that case, you just don't, like you would just pull it straight to the left and it'll kind of just have a horizontal trajectory there. In terms of level design, uh, it's going to start out pretty simple. First few levels might be par three, par five. It's just going to be continuous ground. And you just probably want to hit it as hard as you can, as far as you can, and just eventually get to the hole. But eventually, the levels are going to get pretty complex. And this is where sort of the platforming aspect comes in, because you may have to jump to different horizontal platforms. And if you roll off, you might have to shoot again. Um, and we'll talk about hazards in a minute. But you might also have a lot of vertical platforms to jump through. And this is where it can get a little crazy because you might find yourself inside of a building and you have to go from floor to floor to floor just to get outside of the building. So there's a lot of different layouts that you're going to see. And then you'll have things like inclines, like inclines that go up, inclines that go down. And this can really affect things because if you want to get more distance and then you hit it far enough so that it goes to like a ramp that goes down, then you're going to get some extra distance. Again, much like you would on a golf course. And then, of course, if an incline is going up, you might really have to hit it a couple times to get it over a hump or over the hill. But primarily what you're going to be avoiding with these levels, especially as they get more complicated, are hazards. And there's a great variety of hazards. Mostly in the first half of the game, you're just going to see a lot of water. But you'll also see things like piles of leaves. And if the ball goes into a pile of leaves, it's gone. It's gone forever. And then in some of the later levels, you'll be hitting across like building tops or skyscrapers. And if the ball falls off of a building or falls off a cliff or off a ledge, uh, that counts as a hazard. And when you hit the ball into these hazards, it's really not a big deal. Essentially, it's a mulligan. You get the ball back from where you just hit it. But that stroke counts. Now, it doesn't count as like a double stroke or, or it's not like super into golf rules, but 
it can really kind of behoove you to try things. And if you hit it into a hazard, it's fine. Maybe you just need to figure out how the ball is going to lie there or how it's going to land. If it goes off that ramp, is it just going to go right into the water? Or is there any way for me to hit it light enough so that it goes down the ramp and then just stays on the edge? Um, so again, a lot of trial and error. And as you start to see these levels, there'll be a lot of strategy. Like you might prefer a tough lie as opposed to trying to get this really big hit, but it keeps sliding into the water. And you'll even find things like shortcuts, which is really fun and interesting. Um, so you definitely want to take the time to kind of pan around and look at the level. So some of these shortcuts include like escalators, elevators that seem to be running, pipes. You'll see this a couple times, like if you just hit it up and into a pipe, uh, sometimes it'll shoot it like way near the end of the level. And you'll often find this for levels that like when you look at the whole map of it, it'll seem like impossible to get there in that number of shots. And then you see the pipe and you're like, oh, let me just hit it into this pipe. Um, so finding these shortcuts uh, can be kind of fun. But the main thing with a lot of these levels is there are multiple paths or options to get to the flag. And I like that because there's no time clock. Like you can really take your time. It's going to be, like I said, a lot of trial and error and you might hit it one way a couple times and it keeps like rolling back to you or bouncing back to you. And you might say, forget this and just try this other route. Really looking around, testing things out, testing the landscape. It's really important. But the good thing is that at any time you can restart the level. So especially if you're like a perfectionist or if you're trying to play this on like the hardest mode, like there were a lot of times where like I hit my first shot and I was like, I am not satisfied with that. That screws up so much. And then so I just restarted the level. So if you're somebody who's a perfectionist with things like that, I think you might really like this or, you know, it might irk you. But either way, like I really enjoy being a perfectionist. So it's also good for accessibility because at any time, if you keep hitting it into the water, like you might just learn like, okay, well, then I can't have the ball lie there because I can't get it over the water. So I have to try a different route. You'll also have a lot of interactions with the environment. It's really interesting when you start to realize that you have to perform some mechanical interactions. Like there are a couple levels where you have to hit a button that's on a wall that'll open up a door. And it can be a little frustrating, again, if you're not in tune with the trajectory. But after a while, after you get more comfortable with it, like realizing how you have to aim the ball because it'll like fall a little bit by the time it gets there. Uh, there'll also be platform switches that actually take your character's weight in mind. So every time you hit a ball, wherever it lies, like you kind of have to wait a few seconds for your character to float over there and then stand on the ground. And so some of them are like platforms that press and then they start something mechanical. Uh, so it's really interesting watching that happen. Something else you'll do a lot is break glass. And sometimes they'll be like ceilings, sometimes they'll be just windows. And I'm really impressed with the high accuracy of what happens when you hit this. So like when you hit the glass, like it will slow it a little bit. But if there's like a window pane between two windows, like you really have to aim to not hit that because I found myself sometimes just like, oh, the windows are here. Let me just shoot it up through the glass and then get it over and I actually hit the pane in between two windows. And so the game is really accurate with that. Also, you'll have switches that'll turn on like fans or sometimes they'll just be like an updraft and it'll be very telegraphed to you. There's a lot of physical accuracy here, and I'm really impressed with the physics in this game. It's obvious how meticulous like the models or the the polygons on are on these different things. Like I said, the window panes or like when the ball gets hit into the wind, like what it does, if it blows it backwards or forwards. 
Um, but just in general, the idea of projectiles, like even if you aim it directly at something, like it is going to fall a little bit. There is a little air resistance. And so I really do appreciate that from a physical standpoint. And there's also animals that you'll interact with, some positively, some negatively. Sometimes you'll hit it on a certain platform and a bird will pick it up and carry it over to the flag. Sometimes you'll hit it in between two tree stumps and a squirrel will steal it and it'll be like a hazard. So I just love kind of the spontaneity of a lot of things. I did find like in this game, I was constantly seeing new things, which is always good. In terms of discerning your environment, it is a 2D platformer. You are just hitting it side to side, but sometimes there can be some confusion like in the foreground or the background, especially when you're in like the skyscraper levels. I did find it a bit confusing. Like I thought I could hit it onto a higher platform and it turned out that like I was in like a lower plane or like in a plane closer to the screen. It didn't happen often. And I actually, when I first experienced that, I think after that moment, I never experienced that again because I kind of learned from it and I got a lot of the visual tells. But just be aware of that. A lot of steep angles that you'll come across. Again, along with like being impressed with the physics, I'm impressed with the accuracy of like the vector that shows up when you're aiming your swing and the trajectory. Like there were times where I was almost underneath a platform, but a bit to the left. And so I aimed it straight up and then I just slowly tilted it to the right and then I swung it and it actually like went up, but then landed on that platform. So again, really impressed with that accuracy there. Something else you'll come across is things obscuring you or having to reposition the ball. And again, that accuracy of the vector as you sort of aim your shot, sometimes if you're really close to the edge of a platform and there's like a lip on it, or if you hit it too far and like it bounces up against like a box or something, you're not going to be able to hit like a line drive over or through that box or that ledge. Um, So I did find a couple times like I had to knock it back just a little bit, like put it back a little bit just to give myself some space. Ramp rolling can be a bit frustrating. I talked about there being like up ramps and down ramps. In a lot of cases, like you'll hit it and then it'll go down a ramp and you'll be like, oh yeah, it's getting momentum. It's going further. And then it keeps going at the bottom of the platform right into some water. And you're like, damn it. I feel like this game can be unforgiving from a physical standpoint, but I really find it fair as you're playing it. Like if you if you're putting or if if you hit it and it goes so close or it misses the hole, like the character will actually react the same way that you're reacting. Like you'll hear him be like, oh, it's so satisfying. But especially if you're someone who plays golf, um, you understand like the fairness of it, even if you don't think it's fair how bad you are at golf. But I do think it feeds into this gameplay loop of just like trial and error, learning from it. And again, the accessibility of just being able to restart the level at any point. In terms of game modes, I've alluded to this in the beginning. So there are three game modes. Uh, The first is story game mode, which is pretty much like an easy mode. A par doesn't matter for each level. So you can just kind of play and hit it as many times to get into the hole. The second mode is challenge mode. That's what I played through. This is where essentially you can't progress until you get at least par or below. And like I said, this also has story implications because you will get lore bits. I think the qualifiers are like one under or two under or something like that. But each level is different, but it specifies it uh, when you look at it at the beginning. And then there is a third mode called iron mode. And you have to beat the game on challenge mode to unlock this. But essentially it's like a, like a one shot run. You have to play through this and not restart a level. 
I don't even think you can restart a level, but if you go over par on any level, you have to restart from all the way in the beginning of the game. So if you're definitely up for that like challenge run mode, definitely check out iron mode because it's going to be a ball buster. Let's talk about the vibe of Golf Club Wasteland. So let's start off with just the story. It's a very interesting premise here. Essentially, Earth is a wasteland, and rich people got together, and they moved civilization to Mars. And so Earth is just kind of left as is, but the rich people come back every now and then to Earth to play golf on the wasteland. So it's pretty straightforward with that. It does poke fun or at least bring up a lot of things like business names or economy, things like that that you would recognize, like familiar names or locations, especially on Mars, like there's Tesla City. So it does take a lot of like current socioeconomics that we experience. Like there's a lot of social and economic commentary throughout the game, which is interesting. Visually, the game also does a lot of storytelling you're going to go through a lot of environments that are just like broken down factories. You'll be hitting the ball through buildings that are busted up. Like I said, you're breaking glass. It's almost like you have no respect for the buildings there or the environment. Uh, there's a lot of like overgrowth of grass through concrete and things like that. You can definitely see that this is a wasteland. It's pretty run down. And in terms of colors, a lot of drab colors, mainly gray, especially if you're going through buildings. The graphics are kind of cell shaded it's very Pixar-esque, I would say, especially when you get a close-up of the characters. And the environments are like these soft-colored, yet really defined 3D buildings. Like, it's very obvious, these 3D polygons, like these very squared uh, edges of buildings. Like, it's, it's very defined. And again, I've talked about the background versus the foreground. The vastness of the background is really something kind of breathtaking, especially in a small game like this, like you do see like the city skyline far away and the contrast to like the buildings that you're playing golf on. In terms of audio, this is where I think the vibe of the game really shines. As you are playing through this game, there's this constant stream of audio and it is a radio station and it's called Radio Nostalgia from Mars. It's really interesting because it keeps going even in between levels it's almost just like you are listening to this constant stream. Sometimes it'll play music, it'll play songs, and a lot of times, though, it'll have like anecdotal interviews or accounts. And essentially what this is, is it's almost like a time capsule. There are recordings of people recounting their days on Earth and talking about what was going on in society, what was going on in economics or even sports or, or all kinds of topics. And it's super interesting. As you're playing, like you're thinking about this platformer, you're trying to play golf, and all of a sudden you're like you're hearing these stories. And it's also really good because the 
captioning is at the bottom of the screen. So even if you have the sound turned down or you're focusing on the golf aspect, like you can always kind of read and, and catch up with what's going on. And sometimes there'll be like stories that are kind of relevant to where you are or what you're doing, like painting the picture of even like why you're there. It'll give some light context overlap with you and what you're doing. And I really, really like that. And again, this is also with like the story unlock. I talked about the challenge mode and now you have to be a certain amount under par to get like some story bits. This is also relevant to the level that you're on and like what it's called. I would say in general, try to pay attention as you're playing through this. I did, but sometimes I didn't and I phased out and there were kind of holes in my comprehension. But it's really interesting because there's this past context like I said with the anecdotal stuff but there's this weird kind of real-time context and I don't want to give away too much but I do recommend that you pay attention just a little bit if you don't that's fine because at the end of the game and I was really happy to see this there was actually a story recap of what was going on and also what you were doing and just in general in terms of the story I was not expecting you know some of the things to hit for me I just thought like this was a cool golf game, um, but there's a lot of story vibes and even some reveals that really kind of blew me away a little bit. I don't want to you know prop things up too much, but I think there's some things that really hit home in this game, and I, I really enjoy that. Let's wrap up the conversation about Golf Club Wasteland. I got to tell you, this is almost a tale of two experiences for me because I find this to be a really great 2D golf platformer. I really like just picking this up. Again, I'm playing on the Switch or I beat it on the Switch. Playing a level in bed, I, I think is just really, really fun. But if you're somebody who's a platform perfectionist, you'll want to try again. Like you'll want to try to get your best score on each level. And I really like the fair challenge. I'm somebody that digs a challenge. I think this game can be unforgiving with its physics, but really fair and really accurate. I do like that you can play your way. There's a little bit of the puzzling aspect, like which is the best way? Can I find a shortcut? And I like the accessibility of just being able to restart the level at any point. If you're a perfectionist, you don't like your first shot, you can restart the level. And I did that a bunch. But the other tale is just, there's a really great storytelling experience in this game. In so many ways, it's visually, especially the radio idea. It gives me some reminiscence of Bioshock and how like you don't have to stop playing to get context, to get content. And that's really beneficial even with you know the audio even if your audio's off the closed captioning like i really like it and i like how it's a constant stream it's almost like it doesn't even matter if you're paying attention it just seems very open and accessible to you but also like its own living breathing thing that's happening in a constant stream i think this is a very simple game but i really think it's a great value ten dollars for the msrp i think this is definitely a ten dollar game it's definitely worth ten dollars but if it's ever on sale it is totally worth it. Again, I got it for $3 in a bundle, and I would 
certainly pay three, five, ten dollars for just this game. I really found my experience truly worthwhile. And there are physical editions out there, like I said. Definitely jump on those if you're somebody that's into that. I really suggest the one with the golf card because I think it's just really cool. But I'm really glad that I played this game, especially on Switch. I think it's a nice mobile experience. Really fun for me. Highly recommend it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you.